Looking to stand out from the pack at your first job? When you earn a master's in management from Georgetown, you'll gain the skills employers value most, elevating your career prospects for years to come. Get started at choosegeorgetown.com slash MIM. It's the Smart Driving Cars podcast. Welcome. I'm Fred Fishkin, along with the Faculty Chair of Autonomous Vehicle Engineering at Princeton University, Alan Kornhauser. Hi, Alan. Morning, Fred. And we are happy, really happy, to be joined once again today by the Deputy Director of the California Department of Motor Vehicles, Bernard Soriano. Welcome, Bernard. Hey, Fred. Hi, Alan. Great to have you. Thanks for having me. Well, this week, Bernard, the California DMV announced new regulations going into effect at the beginning of April that will allow driverless vehicle testing and deployment without having a backup driver or monitor present in the vehicle. What we're looking for are some of the nuts and bolts about what that means. Bernard, give us the overview, first of all. Well, thanks, Fred. Um, Yeah, so these regulations are something we've been working on for quite some time. And we're delighted that uh, they're finally approved. Uh, we got the approval uh, earlier this week, and uh, they will be uh, in effect um, on April 1st. And what that means is on uh, at the beginning of April, companies can test completely driverless vehicles on California's public roadways. In addition, uh, there's a pathway for companies to actually deploy these vehicles in whatever business model they they have. So for instance, companies can sell completely driverless vehicles to the public if they meet certain conditions, or they can deploy it in, um, for example, a uh, a fleet setting. So we're very excited about this development. It's something that we've been working on for quite some time, like I said, and we're uh, we're really looking forward to uh, the technology advancing. So what's the process uh, as of April that companies will have to go through to to get started? So uh, as you know, we currently have uh, testing regulations in place, and uh, we have 50 companies that are approved for testing their vehicles in California. And uh, those requirements in in those current testing regulations um, mandate that a safety driver be in the vehicle. Uh, So this next step is uh, one where if companies have developed a vehicle that doesn't require a a, a driver on board, um, they can do so. And they'll have to submit an application to us and meet some of those um, requirements that are in the in the regulations. Uh, A lot of them, a lot of the requirements are having to um, meet uh, certain standards uh, for uh, for doing the testing, um, and then also uh, there's an apl- there's a process to do the application for deployment. And there again, there are certain things that a manufacturer needs to meet in order to be approved for deployment. So the really uh, important thing of this is that it covers uh, uh, the low speed vehicles, the sh- sort of shuttles that people have been um, developing for some time for campuses and so on as well as the cars that uh, that the Waymos and the GMs and and Fords and so on ha- have been developing, correct? That's right, Alan. Uh, so this, this allows companies to be able to test those vehicles on public roadways. And, and as you said, many of these are being developed on platforms that are low-speed vehicles, 
looking at solving that first and last mile problem. And uh, and so now companies have an ability to 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 test these vehicles um, and make sure they uh, they operate uh, in a way that the companies feel uh, would be appropriate. And uh, and it allows them to take that next step because we they all see that um, having a completely driverless vehicle is something that um, that they see um, uh, would be an integral part of of uh, um, solving some of the transportation problems. Certainly in that first and last mile problem, even if it was on your campus or, or something like that, you end up crossing uh, some uh, California public roads. And there was always the issue of, gee, I can do it on my campus where, you know, it's not public road. But uh, for the, those few feet that I have to cross a, a, a public road, I'm kind of stuck. I have to have somebody jump on board. So certainly it solves that very uh, uh, uh a nasty problem for them, correct? Yeah, that's right. Uh, you know, it's it's something that um, you know we wanted to look at some of the barriers that um, that exist, and and hopefully this is something that um, now is uh, is overcome. For the uh, for the more general thing, in terms of the uh, the autonomous taxi sort of operation where you're going to do ride hailing on in vehicles that in fact show up uh, with uh, no attendant on board and take you to where you want to go and whoever else is riding with you or they put with you and then goes on and picks up the next person that allows them to test that sort of operation as well as the uh, commercial operation of uh, let's take pizzas from A and B at least, at least it allows them to test that doesn't allow them to do that uh, but it allows them to test that, uh, you know, just those kinds of things where you wouldn't have a driver, correct? Yeah, that that's right. It's um, it, as far as we're concerned, um, you know, these regulations allow for companies to go ahead and test those types of uh, scenarios, uh, like you mentioned, uh, fleet applications and and being able to have a completely driverless vehicle. Uh, be available for some sort of um, ride that um, a customer would want. Um, they can test the the, uh, the ability for the technology to to handle that, um, and so that's something that uh, you know we saw as 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 an important piece, and um, and so uh, we accounted for that in the regulations. Tell, tell us a bit, uh, Bernard, about the next step that might involve commercial vehicles. Yeah, so that's an important point because these regulations uh, are for uh, passenger vehicles. So vehicles over 10,000 pounds and commercial vehicles are not covered by these regulations. Um, so we will be uh, looking at the commercial regs as the uh, next step. And to do that, we will be speaking with our or working with our sister agencies there are a number of agencies that will be involved in this process with commercial vehicles, and that involves the California Highway Patrol, uh, our Department of Transportation, as well as our federal partners, including the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration and uh, and NHTSA. Uh, so we'll, we're going to um, look at this process, and or I should say we sh we're going to begin that process uh, by uh, beginning to look at all of these uh, these issues. And you're going to have a bunch of companies. You mentioned uh, 50 before um, that that might get into this, but you'll have a lot of all sizes, I suppose. Right. To to so those those companies that are currently approved under the current regulations that require a driver, 
may or may not move forward with a completely driverless uh, scenario. Uh, and in the commercial realm, what we're seeing is that uh, a number of companies are moving forward with autonomous technologies, not just in uh, heavy goods movement applications with, uh, with uh, semi-trucks, but also smaller vehicles uh, that could be used for, uh, for goods delivery. And so we see a number of different business, uh, process, uh, business applications, and uh, it's something that we need to, uh, to examine, and, uh, and we're going to be doing that. And certainly that's what I've been talking about with respect to these, uh, you know, the, the package delivery operation in the middle of the night when the roads aren't being used for anything and there's nobody, there's nobody really out there at risk. Uh, seems to be the kind of the low-hanging fruit of doing, uh, of really testing the driverless and, and, and making use of the infrastructure that exists out there uh, to, uh, to perform these operations. So uh, I'm, I would suspect that you're going to see some of those folks uh, showing up and saying, um, uh, we want to do this maybe. Right. We, um, we expect to have uh, those scenarios uh, come to fruition and, and that's something that we need to be um, mindful of as we begin the discussions with, like I said, our law enforcement as well as the infrastructure owners, the road owners, uh, Caltrans, and and ensure that we um, we fully discuss all of the the issues that uh, surround uh, goods delivery. Um, and so, like I said, we're gonna we're beginning that process, and we're going to be um, uh, examining all of the issues. Uh, before we uh, we develop any type of regulations. Even though there isn't a backup driver or monitor present, there is remote capability involved with this. Uh, give us an overview of how that will work. Right. So there's, um, in the, the regulations that just got approved, it contemplates this issue of a remote operator. And the remote operator is one that um, isn't necessarily present in the vehicle, um, and is, is, is a person that has the capability of um, monitoring the vehicle as the vehicle traverses and, um, and has a communication link to the, uh, to the vehicle. So if something happens, uh, the remote operator uh, may, all, may have the ability to, to perform the uh, dynamic driving task or um, have the vehicle um, achieve a minimal risk condition. So for example, if there's an, an issue that that happens on the roadways, the remote operator may be able to move the vehicle to a safe spot, um, and so that's a that's a concept of the remote operator. The the qualifications of that remote operator tell us what you're what you're requiring. Right. So the remote operator needs to be uh, um, appropriately licensed for the vehicle that is um, that is being operated um, and tested. And so the, um, uh, uh, we leave it at that. And the manufacturers, uh, we, we don't specify, you know, any type of ratio in terms of how many vehicles per remote operator. That's something that, um, you know, the manufacturers are best suited for determining. And, um, and so our, as far as the regulations are concerned, we just, we just have that the remote operator is, is a person and they're properly licensed and that they uh, may not be in the vehicle, uh, but is able to communicate to any occupants that are in the vehicle. Uh, and then, as I said before, uh, may have the ability to uh, maneuver the vehicle into uh, this minimal risk condition. 
Well, Bernard, this is a, an enormously big step. Uh, when you uh, announced uh, first proposed the regulation, I, I said that that was a big step, necessary step to propose it. It's a it's an enormous uh, big step to then uh, have it be approved uh, because, uh, of course, uh, this allows us to get uh, to the to the situation in which uh, one can maybe have all these things um, scale and, and go into commercial operation and, and have a chance to provide all the um, improved mobility and, and quality of life aspects uh, that this technology has been um, sort of hyping for the for the past uh, whatever number of years. So uh, it is a, an enormously important big step that that you've taken here, and and congratulations. Oh, thank you. Um, you know, it was a team effort. It's the whole team in in California, and we didn't do it uh, alone. We, uh, you know, we've been working with uh, with the feds as well as um, you know other other agencies. Um, and uh, while it's a big step, it's it's just the first step, right? There are several more that need to uh, to occur before we uh, get to the point where we want to be. Uh, so we're looking forward to uh, to what the future holds. Uh, yes, terrific, Bernard. This is an evolution of the revolution, and uh, and it's being done very, very uh, methodically and uh, and appropriately, and and so that in fact uh, the public can can embrace it and uh, and use it to its best benefit. So um, again, um, uh, congratulations on this. Uh, thank you, Alan. Want to quickly get your take on some other headlines this week? Uh, Waymo, which may be related to what we're talking about, in February has reached the five million driverless car mileage mark. Well, I think I think that's great uh, that they've reached five million. Uh, but in in, in, in self driving, that's with an attendant on board. In driverless, they're still at ten, and so uh, at least in terms of what they've announced, they've only done ten miles now. With the uh, the new California regs uh, after April uh, after the first of April, uh, I'm sure they'll be uh, one of the first ones applying, and certainly they'll start going beyond ten miles, and uh, and we'll we'll start uh, getting uh, getting that number up a little bit. Uh, but uh, but the, the the really important thing in the, in this technology, I mean, there, it, there, it's good. The safe driving collision avoidance uh, certainly provides a safety. Uh, the self-driving, I guess, provides us comfort and convenience and great, you know, we'll just, you know, sit in our cars and have the car drive us around forever. Uh, but the real, the real societal benefit is, I, I've been saying comes out of the driverless that it can provide a level playing field to everybody for mobility uh, and provide it affordably and provide it efficiently. And if we can do the ride sharing piece of it, we'll, will then uh, solve our energy and pollution problems too. And so that's the opportunity with that. Uh, but we only get there by by taking this step that California has taken and allowing us to go beyond uh, 10 vehicle miles nationwide since the dawn of man uh, that we are so far to uh, maybe the, the 5 million and the 5 billion and the 5 trillion miles. Uh, that we'll get to uh, in the near future. Ford has announced that it's going to test its fleet of self-driving vehicles in Miami, and they've built a service center close to downtown that they'll use for vehicles to collect data and maintain them. 
And it's interesting what they're doing down there. But this is not, I guess, without attendance. Well, I mean, they, they don't say it explicitly, but you'd know that it's not. I mean, <laughs> otherwise it would be really big news. Uh, but it's, you know, it's, it's, uh, been there, done that. Uh, Waymo's just announced their five million miles or whatever the number is. And, um, and, um, you know, uh, uh, great, wonderful. Miami, uh, flat, uh, nice weather, uh, uh, um, maybe a little bit more rain in some parts of California, but otherwise, you know, um, been there, done that. Uh, but <laughs> yes, it's wonderful they're doing it in Miami. What can I tell you? Ford obviously wants its piece of the pie. They're doing this in conjunction with Domino's to deliver pizzas as well. Well, I, yes, I think, uh, again, as, as we, we got mentioned earlier, I mean, one of the things that you really want to do, want to do with this is, um, is uh, have all those things that we're, we're buying from from uh, whoever's offering it to us on the web uh, brought to our homes. And so the, the, the package delivery piece, uh, forget about the Class 8, uh, you know, 53-foot tractor trailers, 102-inch wides, um, you know, the, the, the delivery aspect to our homes uh, and, and, and apartments is, is, is a key piece of that, and it if you make that much more efficient and uh, and easy, um, uh, there's a lot of quality of life improvements that are associated with that. So um, that's what we need to focus on. And I, I, I think that the, I personally, my viewpoint is it's better to look at it to, to do this uh, with driverless vehicles on the roads and in the wee hours in the morning than to, um, than to do it with drones, you know, going up and down and get caught in our trees. But whatever. Um, I'm not a drone guy, I guess. <laughs> Finally, and related to all of that, and we've talked about it before, is Amazon. Uh, we've talked about them being really the, the stealth company in this whole picture here. And now today the, it's announced that the, they're spending a billion dollars to purchase Ring. They make smart doorbells and are coming out with a home security service. So all of this, I suppose, could tie in with maybe Amazon's driverless home delivery plan. Well, I would think so, because what they want to do is they want to do a secure delivery to you. And, and part of that goes through the doorbell. I mean, some of it is the driverless vehicle that brings it up, but, but it's all of... of of um, uh, alerting you that it's coming, securing it, uh, capturing it, and, uh, making sure that it arrived, and the verification and all those things. And and uh, I don't know. Um, they're um, they're hitting it out of the ballpark these days. It seems to me. Um, whoa! I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, the, the best thing you can do with Alexa is ask it to play the Smart Driving Cars podcast. Yeah, that's what, hey, Alexa, play the Smart Driving Car podcast. But but Google can play it and Siri can play it too, right? Absolutely. And that's it for this edition of the Smart Driving Cars podcast. We want to thank Bernard Soriano for joining us. Thank you, Bernard. Uh, thank you again for having me. And, and of course, see you at the uh, Smart Driving Cars Summit. In Princeton, in the middle of May, right? Um, we're going to have a good time then again, right? Absolutely. And that's coming up on May 16th and 17th. You can find more info about it at summit.smartdrivingcar.com. 
And you can find us at smartdrivingcar.com. And as we've been saying on iTunes, Google Play, and more, look for my tech reports at textination.com. I'm Fred Fishkin, along with Alan Kornhauser. Thanks for listening. Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.